and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, us. It's Ariel and Raylene. Hello. This is going to be a great episode. I have so much book news. <laughs> I have so much book news. I really enjoy doing the book news segment yeah. because, you know, when, when you're into a niche, like when you're into a subculture, it's exciting to be able to talk about that news with other people that are into Mm -hmm. the subculture obviously so i really enjoyed telling you about the news but i also just like the idea that like people are listening to the pod and they're like finding out oh totally i agree so i have a lot of book news today probably too much one piece of book news that i think is so so cool like so cool Mm -hmm. so that's a little bit of of a fun one but we also have some cool recommendations that we're doing today kind of dumb but hilarious somebody asked us to pick our favorite piece of furniture (laughs) and then recommend a book to it love that (laughs) (laughs) so that's coming up but before we get to any of that we're we're gonna get we're gonna get started with our normal stuff although you know before we even get to any of that how are you doing how's life i'm (laughs) good i was just showing you before we started recording i um we kyle and i reorganized our like office room we both have these ginormous desks and um we decided we didn't like the way we had them they weren't productive they were just cluttered and bad and so we decided to reorganize Mm -hmm. the room we moved around where our desks are and so now my desk area like makes me happy whereas before i I just felt like i was crunched into a little corner and it was like crowded and there was just like stuff all over the place but i changed my setup and now it's like very happy looking so i'm feeling Mm. very good about that also got a new lamp so i can actually see when i'm in this room oh life is good (laughs) (laughs) also on a random side note Kyle yeah. and I got an air fryer a little while ago. Really? Let me tell you, it's Please the best me. thing you could ever purchase for making delicious really? food. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Because we used to have a deep fryer before we moved, and yeah. then we got rid of it because it was old and gross, and we were like, well, we'll just buy a new one when we move again. Yeah. But then two years down the road, we're like, wait, air fryers are a thing now, so we yeah. we better off getting that. And it's so good. Like, if you make mozzarella sticks in this thing, it is so delicious. <laughs> We've just been making, like, frozen kind of the new things you would normally put into a deep fryer anyway. But, like, yes. you, uh, there's a lot you can do with it that I haven't really explored yet. Like, mm. you can cook chicken in there if you want to. It's yeah. crazy. I have no idea. So, really wouldn't. She's a vegetarian, but she's thought about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, <laughs> Kyle would definitely do it. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That's really interesting. I'm loving it. I know that air fryers kind of have gotten really big in the last few years and it makes a lot of sense to me because deep fried food is obviously the best food but it's so unhealthy the amount of oil and and everything is just insane so have you found it be honest with me have you found that it can get to a similar amount of crunch oh 100 percent. it gets like the exact same amount of crunch without the oil i don't understand it that's the first thing i'm like i really don't get how it works but no it gets like the exact same amount of crunchy i made fries in there and it was actually incredible because they got super super crispy but then all of the oil from the fries like went to the bottom of the thing like there's like a little a little tray that separates you know your food from the bottom and because i went to go like dump the fries onto my plate and i was like ah there's a bunch of oil so it actually like kind of pulls the oil out of the food a little wow. bit whereas with the yeah. deep fryer obviously it would just add more in. <laughs> yeah. so it actually made my fries feel like crispier and crunchier but also less oily which was nice so that's so interesting yeah. so the oven that i bought the stove that i bought 
has an air fryer setting. Oh, that's interesting. Because yeah, I'm like ovens do not get crisp the same way that no, the air fryer does. No, exactly. So it very specifically is like a different function. That's cool. It's like, you know, you can bake, you can broil, or you can air fry. Hmm. I tried it once and it really didn't work. And so I looked it up and it's because like you've kind of mentioned, you need a specific tray. Yeah. That where, and I don't have the tray. And it's really funny because I was looking it up. And it's like a really common complaint from everyone who's bought this oven. They're like, the air fryer is fantastic, but why doesn't it the tray come included? Like you have to buy the tray yeah, separately. So I didn't crazy. know that I had to buy it. So now I've got to look into buying that though, because I really do love deep fried food, obviously like fries and stuff, but I just I feel unhealthy when I eat that stuff, mm-hmm. obviously. And so I think the air fryer is pretty cool. That's cool technique. It makes you feel Damn. just slightly less unhealthy. Yeah, like <laughs> still eating just buckets of potatoes, but that's fine <laughs> if it's air fried. And it's just so tasty and so easy. Like I love that you just pop it in. It doesn't have to preheat or anything. Like you just put it in and it's like, boom, I'm cooking. So so you've really gone from like zero to a hundred microwave and an air fryer. In a <laughs> I know. Weeks? This is the appliance podcast and I am living my best <laughs> life. Yeah, I don't even use my oven anymore. Like I haven't used it in a while because I haven't had need for it because we've just been making little small things in the air fryer. Because we got the one that has the two baskets so you can cook one thing in one and something oh, else yeah, in the yeah, other. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's incredible. I love that. It's amazing. I love that for you. Yeah. I think that's incredible. It's my favorite. Now I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I got to make some mozzarella sticks after this. What a specific mission. They're just so, it. like, I. it's funny because I um, am kind of lactose intolerant, so I haven't really been eating cheese, but <laughs> because it was for Kyle's birthday that we got the air fryer, I was like, I'm going to have to get us some matzo sticks because they are the most delicious. <laughs> so so I just have, like, one or two every now and then just so I can get a little taste. You're telling me there's no one out there making lactose-free matzo sticks? <laughs> if they are, they would not be good. There's nothing. There's nothing like real cheese, man. <laughs> there's nothing like lactose. Um, shoot. I mean, we won't go into lactose, but I recently became lactose intolerant. It sucks. I was looking this up because I was like, I I definitely wasn't lactose intolerant a few years ago, yeah. and now I definitely am. Every time I have like too much cheese or milk, or sometimes it doesn't even have to be that much cheese. Yeah. Like just one piece of cheese can bring this whole woman down. <laughs> um, <laughs> stomach pain for days Mm -hmm. uh not days but you know um and so i was looking it up and actually a lot of people become lactose intolerant in their adulthood yeah that's what happened Um, to me yeah oh god i mean we don't have to talk anymore about lactose intolerance but i will say it's a dark dark life it is it does suck although you because of you i found maybe this is a psa for everyone because of you i found those lactose uh pills enzyme pills they're incredible They're actually really good. Because if it turns out, guys, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on <laughs> Turns out lactose intolerance is not an allergy. So allergy is a very specific type of reaction that your body has. Lactose intolerance means that your body does not create the enzymes that can break down mm. lactose. And so it has nothing to do with allergy. It's just that your body isn't breaking this down. And so it's upsetting your stomach and your system. So these pills are the enzyme. Yeah. So you can have them and then you're you're just kind of superficially giving your body the enzyme that will then break down the lactose and then you feel fine so it's sorry it's an incredible feat of science uh (laughs) it really is and it's funny because i've actually known about them for a really long time because when i was a kid i had a friend who was lactose intolerant and she would just we would like be making tea or whatever with milk in it and she'd be like oh i just have to have my pills so they protect my stomach from the milk and i was like what are you talking about because back in those days there was like 
you know, uh, non-dairy oh, milks yeah. weren't prevalent. Like there was maybe no. soy milk, but nobody liked it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would exactly. just drink the milk anyway. But yeah. Oh, man. These kids with their oat milk, they don't even know how lucky they have. They don't even know. <laughs> I love oat milk. Me too. It's so I had good. Cough. We ran out of oat milk the other day. My mom has lactose-free milk. Um, so we ran out of my oat milk and we I was making tea. So uh, Connor put the lactose-free milk in it mm-hmm. and it just it's so dairy like it's it so tastes so different milk yeah that i'm like god i just really actually prefer oat milk now like, i know i think i feel the same way like i still love cheese reasons. but like milk yeah i don't like milk, milk and nah. cream like ugh. i'm not I'm into it anymore. over i'm pretty over milk yeah big milk oh man wow this is an important it's an important start to the podcast I'm really glad that this is the direction it went in i know i know i'm sure somebody enjoyed it i'm trying a new situation where i'm writing down kind of silly things we say to try and get a good title at the end of it so far i have air fryer lactose intolerance and big milk big milk i think big milk has to make it into the title somehow well okay before we actually talk about reading do you have any books you want to haul today is there anything new that came in your window interesting that you ask yeah these just Uh came in my window um i mean you may remember i've talked about this a little bit i recently ordered a whole bunch of books off book Mm -hmm. depository and the most important 10 arrived i i don't know if i actually i don't know if i like made this public to the to the podcast i actually ordered 12 books But listen to me. The the reason that I felt (laughs) comfortable saying it was only 10 is because only 10 of them are unread. Two of the books which are in the stack I have now are books I've already read. So I'm only adding eight books to my TBR as of today. Um, Uh But I'm just going to quickly go through these because there are 10. And I will obviously post a picture of these on the Instagram because they are so pretty. Like I may even do a few pictures because the spines alone. I'm going to just show Ariel. The spines Uh alone are just so pretty it's funny because i have purchased a few of the books you've talked about in book olds but i don't know if we've ever done the kind of opposite where this was a whole this was a segment we had on book news do you remember we talked about these books and now you've gone out and bought them yeah although i found out about this book news because of you yeah i was gonna say i definitely had seen them previously but i didn't realize like how many there were i thought there was like maybe four books in this set but there's 10 so i'm just gonna take you through it this is the vintage heroines set that ariel talked about a little while ago and this is the set where um they're all like about obviously heroines so they're all female main characters and the photos for the covers were all taken by female photographers and it's just like cool it's just like a woohoo ladies kind of um yes kind of set (laughs) and i i just love them the spines make a rainbow like it's not a perfect Mm -hmm. rainbow some of them because there's a few that are kind of different shades of red but that set aside doesn't really matter so i'll just quickly go through the list of these um so there's my year of rest and relaxation by otessa moshfeg beautiful that's my favorite one i think so too that one and um the orange one that's coming up. Those are the my, possibly my two favorites. But then we've got We Need New Names by No Violet Bulawayo, which I haven't really heard much about, but it's got a great no. cover as well. I love all these covers except for we, we know there's a couple that are not the perfect, not the perfect covers, but that's okay. Um, then we've got 20 Fragments of a Ravenous Youth by Zhao Lu Guo, which I'm really never excited about. One. Yeah, this one I had literally never heard of, but it sounds really cool. Um, and it's got pictures. It's got pictures in it, too, which is really fun. Oh, really? I'm trying to find one for you. This is kind of a show random me, picture, but. 
Oh, it's like a photograph. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's like actual wow. photographs. So this one is about a young woman who lives in Beijing and she's trying to get a job as a film extra. So it's like all about her oh, like trying to get into the film industry, I guess. So it's kind of like random right. and cool. But I think that one's also told like like the title suggests it's 20 fragments. So it's kind of like all these little vignettes almost is what I gather from the back of that. Anywho, then we've got White Chrysanthemum by Mary Lynn Bracht, which this one I think I'm the most excited to read. Wow, um, stunning, though. It's, They're all so I know. stunning. <laughs> it is so, so beautiful. And what I love about this series, too, is that it is all over the world. Like, a lot of these are translated. Yes, yes, um, not all of them, cool. obviously, but there are a whole bunch from all sorts of different countries, which I think is really cool, too. I love that too. Then yeah, right. we've got this is my other favorite. Oranges are not the only fruit by Jeanette Winterson. Ugh. It's just these are it's such so pretty. Stunning photographs. It's so pretty. I've heard some. It's so funny the power of a of a book cover. I know. But like I've heard a lot of great things about that book, and I've looked it up before, mm -hmm. and I hate the cover. It yeah. creeps me out because it's got <laughs> antique vibes. But like oh, I yeah. don't like the covers of that book. But that cover, I'm like. I should read that book. Well, I know. I agree with you because I've been like, that's a book that I've picked up a hundred times in bookstores yeah, and thought about buying yeah. because it sounds really good. But I've yes. always stopped because of whatever reason. And I think th yeah, the yeah, ugly yeah. covers are definitely part of it. Um, so yeah. as soon as I saw that that was part of this collection, I was like, oh, yeah, baby, I have to buy them all. The next one is Gigi by Colette. And this one oh, is actually cool, yeah. two short stories or two novellas. One is called Gigi and the other one is called The Cat, which I yes, thought was... I have that. I actually have that same collection. Oh, a different cover, obviously. That's but, awesome. Uh, that bind up but yeah. is pretty common. But I bought it because uh, Kira Knightley, my favorite actress, mm -hmm. did a movie, um, uh, like a biopic of Colette. Oh, cool. Called Colette. <laughs> so uh -huh. I was at a bookshop and I found a book by Colette and I was uh, Gigi and the Cat and I was like, yeah, I should buy this because it was like five dollars or something, but I've never read it. Well, that's fun. Buddy read. Heyo. 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 The next one is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, which this one we've discussed is probably the the least good cover. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, like it just it's doesn't. So disappointing. Yeah, like it. It just looks kind of two thousand eight. Looks like a romance book or like uh, twilight a little bit you know what i mean like it, it looks just like twilight. it looks like twilight and i just it doesn't fit in with the modernness of all of the other yeah that's the other problem i have with it i love that every single other cover has like either a portrait of a woman or like yeah. a woman in somewhere this one's just a hand and so i just feel just like that kind of takes away from like i don't know the power that i feel like the other books the have and I also think the colors are a little disappointing. Yeah. Like, it just feels a little drab. And for me, it's really sad because I would love to see, like, a modern, edgy, gorgeous version of a classic like Jane Eyre mm -hmm. to kind of modernize it. But oh, there you go. There you go. That is what it is. <laughs> Next up, one of my other favorites is I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. And I didn't realize how big this book was. <laughs> Yeah, that's thick. It's a it's a hefty one, but this is one that I remember back when I worked at the bookstore. Wow, actually, it's got huge font though, so that's totally fine. Okay, that is um, good. I wrote a little recommendation card for this book when I worked at the bookstore because it wasn't selling, and so I was like, and, and what I ended up finding through my research that it was kind of like The Great Gatsby meets like Jane Austen a little bit were the comparisons that I saw quite a bit. Okay, so I was like. Eep! Interesting. So yeah. I feel like I definitely, like, I don't really know what it's about beyond that, but 
It sounds appealing to me anyhow. Next up, a book I never thought I would buy, but I did because of this collection, and that is Madame Bovary by Gustave Flaubert. <laughs> That's funny. I'm like, oh, I had never knew, because I kind of avoid like Victorian literature as a, as a thing. Yeah. This came out in 1857, so, you know. It is what it is. That's the other one where the cover disappoints yeah. me a bit. And it's like it's the just people like Jane that Eyre. were doing the Yeah, the people that are doing the covers for the classics went a little too traditional. I agree. And I think that's a it's kind of sad. because um, like the woman in the model, the pose she's doing and everything, I actually think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that pose because it looks very old, like Renaissance yeah. or whatever. If she'd done that pose in front of like a modern kitchen or a modern totally uh, like there could have been more to room. it that's true most of them have kind of interesting backgrounds whereas yes jane eyre and madame bovary just have like a black background so yeah, it just feels it very blank really cool to kind of spice them up that way yeah Anyways, the last book in the collection. Another book that I was never interested in really until I um, came across this collection, and now I'm, like, really excited to read it, is Push by Sapphire. I just remember back when this was, like, yeah, back when this was, like, kind of popular and the movie was coming out and all that stuff, I was just like, what is that book? Like, I don't even know. But I think it sounds really interesting, and I really enjoy It's, like, a coming-of-age story about a 16-year-old girl who gets pregnant, I think, and... That just seems really interesting to me. That sounds like my nightmare. That sounds like your nightmare, yeah. But that, to me, is like, that's a very interesting story. That's, you know, I love reading things that are, like, completely outside of my experience, but, like, seeing how people react to these things that happen to them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just love that. So, but yeah, this is also one of my favorite covers. It's just so, like... That's one of my favorites Stunning. Like, I don't know. It's just awesome. It's stunning. Yeah. So, that's my beautiful book haul. I love that. I love that you got the whole collection. I think that's so fun. Like that, just that you got the whole freaking. Well, because originally, I I really wanted the the two books that you and I had seen at first was a picture we saw on Instagram. Yeah. I think it was my year of rest and relaxation, and oranges are not the only fruit. And I was like, yeah. those are amazing, but I don't want to buy just those two, especially because I already own my year of rest and relaxation. And so right, to justify right. that in my own head, I was like, well, I'll just get the whole thing, and then I'll have this beautiful <laughs> set on my shelf. But what I actually also love too is, like we said, there are a few books in here that either. I had never heard of or I didn't really have any intention of reading but now that I have them like I am really excited to read them so I yeah and I feel like that's exactly the goal of collections like yeah they they take a theme and they put in some of the big ones they put in some of the classics Mm -hmm. but then they also put in some books that maybe most readers haven't heard of yet and it gives a chance of exposure to translated books or lesser known authors and stuff so I love that, really. I think that's super cool. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm super excited about it. But yeah, so I still have two more books on the way, so I'll haul those whenever they decide to show up, Um, but they're also exciting. Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) the books keep on flowing in for Raylene. I know. I'm After the book sale that we're going to, uh, I'm done. (laughs) No more. (laughs) So that's a little hint of an episode coming up. I think it will be... The next episode after this one, actually? No. It might be. Yeah. Who knows? I think it will be. Like, either the next episode or the episode after that, something like that, um, Raylene and I are going to a book sale. And not together. I was going to say, it makes it sound like we're going together, but we're just going on the same weekend to separate book sales in our areas. Yeah. Uh. And it's we're making a whole special fun episode. We're, we've decided to call the series In the Field <laughs> because we've done an episode in the past where we went to the field yeah. into an actual bookstore together mm-hmm. um 
But anyways, yeah, we'll see how much damage we do there. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay. I don't have any books to haul. Uh, That's this impressive. Week, actually. But I, um, I do have some books that came in to a bookshop that I'd ordered. Ooh. I feel like I need to go pick them up. And it's been weeks. Like, they came in weeks ago, and I just keep not having a chance to go in. Yeah. So hopefully they're still all there. I'll have to pick those up soon. Um, but now let's, I guess, talk about, are there any books that you've uh, read this week that you wanted to review? Um, I guess, yeah, I can do a quick review because I read There's No Such Thing as an Easy Job by Kikuko <gasps> Tsumura. Oh, my God. Our book club book. Ahead. I know. I um. Somehow that just kind of happened. I started like freaking out. I got nervous that I wasn't going to be able to finish it in time. And so I just yeah. read it and I it only took me a couple of days to read it, surprisingly. I thought it was going to take longer because it's 400 pages long. Yeah. But I zipped through the first 120 pages in one sitting. Like I just sat down and was wow. immediately engrossed. So yeah. I will say I really enjoyed the book. I found it to be maybe a little bit too long, but we'll talk about that more okay. in the um, book, club episode. book club episode. But overall, I still really, really enjoyed it. Like, cool. Yeah, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, yeah, more, a little bit more funny than I was expecting, a little bit more like mm. strange than I was expecting, but it's not too strange. So you'll have to read gotcha. the book to find out. Yeah. So this episode comes out on the 10th, I think. So if people are listening and they've been reading the book, you guys still have time um, to submit a voice clip. Yeah. I realize this is a good little final moment mm -hmm. to kind of mention that. So if you want to send us a voice clip with your thoughts or a question on the book, please do so. Um, visit our website, booksunboundpodcast.com. And then go to the book club page and all of the details that you need on how to submit it properly are there. Yes. So there you go. Well, it's cool that you read it and I'm really excited that you liked it. Yeah. Um, I think that's awesome. So, okay, let's, I haven't finished anything this week. I've been really busy. I feel so hectic trying <laughs> to catch up on everything before this upcoming trip, but I, um, I don't I, this is like what I've been doing instead of reading is the floor up in the hallway. Oh yeah. So I'll talk about that. <laughs> I can't talk I love that. I can't talk about the books I finished, but I have finished the floor. Okay. So um if anyone has seen my videos about my house renovation, you will have seen that when I moved in here, I think there was eight different types of carpet throughout the house in yes. the worst Jesus. colors imaginable <laughs> and in the worst state imaginable. So in the upstairs hallway, it had it had this... Honestly, I'm sure when it was first installed, it was really cool. It was It's like a lime green carpet. Yeah. And I kind of love it, honestly. <laughs> like, it's just electric and crazy. Um, it's wild to me that anyone ever wanted to put that in their home on the like wall-to-wall -wall carpet. That's like insane. a rug, maybe I can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. But anyways... Um, it was disgusting because it would clearly been put in in the 60s or 70s and it, you know, it's been around for 40, 50 years yeah. and it's just like dingy, it smelled gross, mm -hmm. it was like had to go. So tore the carpet out a while ago, tore out the subflooring that was like this rotted car uh, cardboard like situation and then just stripped it back down to its original hardwood. So the, the wood that's there is very much... Um, in great condition, 
except for two things. Number one, it's painted. All of the <laughs> floors in this house have been painted yeah. with lead paint. So I could strip them, but the amount of effort that it takes, um, and it's kind of dangerous because lead is very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that song and dance. And then the other thing is that this house is very, very poorly uh, insulated. Yeah. In fact, it has no insulation. <laughs> and so, That's very poor indeed. <laughs> and so, um, you know, putting down a new layer of flooring. And I mean, that would have been one of the benefits of those of whoever lived here before of putting down carpet. Yeah. Because it would have been a great insulator. Carpet is a great insulator. But um, so by tearing up all of that carpet, I get a cleaner, more happy experience, but I lose that insulation. So I definitely wanted to put down new flooring. And so what we've decided to do in the house, I say we, it's just like me and my parents, um, but like decided to put down um, new wood flooring. So we put down all of the wood a couple weeks ago, nailed it all in place, cut all the planks, put them all in place. Then I sanded it with my mom. My mom actually helped me sand it, which was a wonderful nice then i stained it which is so exciting because it goes from looking like a new construction like unfinished thing to looking rich and deep and i'm oh, sending, yeah. don't worry guys i send raylene photos of all of these steps it looks crisp and then <laughs> thanks man and then i started doing the final layers of polyurethane which is basically like a kind of a plasticky oily coating that like protects the floor and now it's done and it looks so beautiful and i'm so proud of it and like <laughs> every single time i walk on it i'm just like yeah yeah this is good i nailed it Excellent. and like there's little areas where there's little errors but i I know why. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's such a learning experience. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I've been doing that for the last week and I'm so, so proud of it. And I'm really excited because that room is getting so close to being done. And so uh, hopefully there will be a video about that on my channel eventually. But there, I'm also, I think I've told you this really. You know how there's that like really beautiful arched window yes. at the top of I the stairs? I love that window. Under there, I'm going to do a built-in little book nook so i can't wait that's happening i know i can't wait either it's so exciting so that's happening and so i'll have another little spot in the house for reading which I and think it'll be i think the best really spot cute. i think that will be end up being the best spot in the whole because you have a good view from ever. that window too so i feel like that's a yeah. very like vibey place to sit and read yes, vibe <laughs> i don't know any that's other way exactly to put it <laughs> I love that. Um, so there you go. That's an update on what I've been doing. But what are you currently reading? I'm really excited to tell you what I'm currently oh, reading. Oh, yeah? Um, but you t you go first. Yeah, my currently reading is kind of like not that exciting today. But I um, before we started recording, as you know, I, um, I had to take my car in to be serviced. And while I was waiting for someone to show up to drive me back home, I was like, oh, I have 20 minutes. What am I going to do? So I decided to find an ebook on Libby and see what was available based on like some books that I actually already own and want to read. So I started reading Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. So oh, that's funny. Yeah. So this is actually one of my short books for my short TBR challenge. So this kind of worked yeah. out um, that it was available. So I just decided to start reading this. So I'm only in the first, like I read like 16 pages or whatever. Um, but so far, uh, very interesting. So this book is about a okay. young girl who at the time that the book starts, she's 16 and she's getting ready for her like cotillion, you know, like the kind of like debut, Classic. like party right. thing. And gotcha. so she's getting ready for that. And 
what's interesting though is that her mom had her when she was like 15 or 16 so she didn't get to go to her own cotillion so there's like all this contention between the two of them and this girl was kind of like mostly brought up by her grandparents because her mom was so young and all that kind of stuff and so that's all I really know so far because that's just the beginning but so far it reads like really easy and I have a feeling I could fly through this book but yeah I'm enjoying it it's another one with teenage pregnancy, so not an aerial book, but <laughs> <laughs> totally up my alley. And I, I read so the back um, when I got home and actually looked at my physical copy, and it says that it kind of jumps back and forth between two different timelines. So I'm wondering if it goes back to when the mom was young and when the main character was just a baby or if it goes forward. I'm not really sure. So I'm excited to see where this, where this goes. That is exciting. Yeah. Okay. So it's Monday. Over the weekend... I was feeling very low, down, 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 down. And I was like, what do I do? What do I, what's the point? And I was like, reading, ugh, what do I read? (laughs) My homework books, great. And so I was just kind of like down in the dumps. And then for some reason, one of the books I talk about the most, not the most, but a lot Mm -hmm. on the podcast came into my mind. And I was just thinking about this book, 15 by Beverly Cleary, a book that I've mentioned loads of times. And I was like, I love that book. And I have been meaning to reread it. I think I kind of started rereading it maybe last year. I read like 10 pages of it. And then I ended up having to read something else. But genuinely, I was just waiting for dinner. My parents were making food. And I was like, I guess I got like 45 minutes to just sit here. I was like, I'll just flip through and kind of look at the pictures. (laughs) Because there's some illustrations in this book. So I start going through it. Okay. I was like zooming. I was like on page 60 or something by the time they called for dinner. And I was like, wow, this book is freaking great. (laughs) So I go to dinner and then whatever. Also, like pause in my narrative to to go on a side tangent. Mm -hmm. Me and my parents are watching The Gilded Age right now. Have you heard about that show? I don't think so. It's a new show on HBO slash in Canada on Crave. And I hate the word crave. I think that's such a, <laughs> it's such an awkward, why would they call it that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's so cheesy. But yeah, so it's a show set in the 1880s. It's by the person who made Downton Abbey. Oh, okay. It takes place in New York and it's about a train tycoon and like old money versus new money. Yeah. And it's so freaking good. I, awesome. We are loving it. We're loving it. It's so, 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 so great. Um, but anyways. So then, you know, had dinner, watched our show, whatever, went back up to my room before bed and was just wasting my life away on my phone and, <laughs> a classic and everything. And then I was like, oh, you know, it'd be fun to keep reading that book. Raylene, I was up until four in the morning yes! reading this book. This is what Again, I like to hear. I know. And I haven't had that experience in years. I haven't had that experience in years where I'd like... I'm like, I'll just read one more page (laughs) and I'm just like falling asleep, but I want to keep going. And like I said, like I probably didn't start reading until like two. (laughs) I did some, I did yoga from quote unquote yoga from my bed at like two. So once I finished that is when I started reading. So I wasn't reading from like 10 p.m. I see. I was like, you should have finished the book. (laughs) I would have, exactly. I would have finished the books. I'm like, I'm caveating that because I didn't get, it doesn't sound like I got as far, but I definitely was, I was reading for like probably an hour or two and I, it was probably like two hours maybe, I don't know. I don't really remember. It was all a blur. It was 4 a.m. <laughs> but yeah, I got to page 137 and I'm just 
loving it. Again, this is a children's book. But that's excellent. I think actually, okay, before dinner, I probably got to page like 40. So I probably read like 100 pages mm-hmm. while, while I was laying in bed. So, you know, this is a book. It's it's a uh, I've, I've been calling it proto YA. It's like before YA. It's like it's like there with the outsiders. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, yeah, it's technically YA, but like why it didn't exist. So totally. It wasn't really YA tropes or YA um, conventions. Yeah. I love that. This book is so beautiful. Let me give you let me give you let me just read you the first paragraph. <laughs> OK, okay? because you got it. I want everyone to understand how innocent this book is. It's set again, written in and set in 1956. <clears throat> Chapter one. Today, I'm going to meet a boy, Jane Purdy told herself as she walked up Blossom Street toward her babysitting job. Today, I'm going to meet a boy. If she thought it often enough, as if she really believed it, maybe she actually would meet a boy, even though she was headed for Sandra Norton's house and the worst babysitting job in Woodland. (laughs) Oh, I miss reading books like that. That's amazing. Yes! It's so good. It's just so good. Okay. So she's walking down the street to get to her uh, her babysitting job. And this girl she hates from school, Marcy, the popular one, drives past and kind of slows down because she's driving in a convertible with her boyfriend. <laughs> and um, Marcy says, okay, Greg waved. And as the couple drove on down the hill, Marcy brushed a lock of hair out of her eyes and smiled back at Jane with the kind of smile a girl riding in a convertible with a popular boy on a summer day gives a girl who is walking alone. And that smile made Jane feel that everything about herself was all wrong. Her yellow cotton dress was too little girlish with its round collar and full skirt. And like she just goes on and she's just like, miserable and you're like oh no (laughs) the worst and you're just like it's uh, this is the definition of escape you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you're just like this is such a romanticized view of the 50s and 60s -hmm. and like obviously we both know that it wasn't this ideal idealistic and that also it wasn't this idealistic for everyone at the time but it's just an escape mm-hmm. and it's so funny and pleasant. The other thing, and this is legit really, the illustrations in this book, I don't know if, if it was an accident. They're stunning. And like, <laughs> it's an accident. I start looking at these and I'm like, I think I need to like get one of these tattooed on me. Show or me like, one. Get them all scanned and printed and like put them on my walls Absolutely. because they're so beautiful. Hold on. I'm just flipping the pages to try and get... Oh, here's one. Um, so here's a photo oh, yeah. of... Or an illustration. Kind of reminds me photos. of Nancy Drew a little bit. Like it's got the same yeah, kind of vibe a little bit. For sure. And they would have been written in the same-ish mm-hmm. period, right? Um, yeah, for sure. It's got that Nancy Drew kind of vibe of that vintage line drawing style. Mm-hmm. I'm just utterly obsessed so good. with these illustrations. They're beautiful. They're stunning. They're stunning. I love the whole thing. And sometimes there'll be like a two pager. Wow. She loves her. So she meets this boy. She does meet the boy. Huh? She meets a boy that day, which is so exciting. But then she's like, okay, so this is kind of what's fun. The other thing that's fun about the, the book is just how different life was before smartphones and the social god yeah so she's at this babysitting job 
a boy comes into the house, like a 16-year-old boy comes into the house. And first of all, in what world does a person just open the door? <laughs> yeah. Without knocking or anything, right? But he's delivering horse meat for the dog, like dog wow. food. I'm like, I'm like, already so many questions. One, who's delivering dog food? Two, horse meat? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so he kind of just comes on in. And when he's on his way out, sort of he looks over and he realizes that it's our main character, mm -hmm. Jane, and not the mom who he thought it was, who he thought he'd right. say hello to. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were Mrs. Morton or whatever. Um, I, my, I, like, I deliver the dog food. And she's like, oh, okay. And so then they have a cute little moment. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves and she's like, oh my gosh, I did meet a boy today. <laughs> Woohoo. But she's then thinking she doesn't know anything about him. She's Ooh. like, how am I going to contact That's him? That's true. Don't I don't know his name. know his name. He's clearly new to the neighborhood because I've never seen him before. And she doesn't know anything about him. So she's like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. And she's like, I've got to contact him before other girls see him <laughs> at school. Yes, <laughs> Because... Him up otherwise yeah i gotta snatch him up and so again all of these things are so different to now mm -hmm. where it's like it's just the civility and the the manners and stuff i'm not saying it's better or worse it's just different mm -hmm. so she's like scheming she's like how am i gonna meet this boy again like how do i kind of make this work so then she's at home she's thinking the phone rings and she's, well, she's thinking it's too bad that he's new and I don't know his name because I could just look him up on the phone book. That would tell me his address and then I could casually walk by his house. <laughs> I'm like, in what world is there a book with all of our addresses? Holy shit. I know. And then, um, you know, the phone rings and it's him. He had asked the house, the, the lady who owns oh. the, that house that he was delivering to what her name was and stuff and found her number and tracked her down. And I'm like, again, in what world is that okay? Don't stalk me. Don't, you can't like track me down and call my home. Right. And it's like the stalking is so much more outright than it would be now. Now it's like, I'll just find you on Instagram and like yeah, exactly. do something with that. So it's just been a real riot to visit. And I'm like so excited to read more of it. And it was exactly the kind of like pick me up comfort read that I needed. Totally. So I'm loving it. I'm so happy that you're reading it again. Also, really, I was really a little nervous going into it because I was like, what if it doesn't hold up? Mm. You know, what if I end up not liking it? What if I, I mean, this has happened to you a few times this year, rereading books and, or last year, yeah. rereading a few books that like now you don't like as much. So, but I feel like 15 <sighs> like holds up as like a classic, you know, exactly. whereas the books it's that like I've been rereading are like in. teen books from the past 15 years. And I feel like, yeah. Some of them obviously will become classics or are already starting to become classics, but mm -hmm. not all of them are, nor will they. I feel like Looking for Alaska has become a classic. Totally. Still good. All right. So we've talked about what we're currently reading. We've talked about everything. It's time to do book awards. I mean, ah. just kidding. <laughs> book news. <laughs> okay. I'm extremely excited about book news today, as I mentioned at the top of the pod. Mm -hmm. I want to start with the piece of news I'm the most jazzed about. Okay. And I don't I don't know if you'll be that jazzed about it, but I hope you are. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just an interesting story. So here we go. <clears throat> I saw this on Instagram and I was like, whoa, this is fantastic. And of course, my browser has stopped functioning. It's 
acting out of act. Okay, here we go. I'm on an article from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article is written by Jennifer Schuessler, and it's called "A Tiny Bronte Book Lost for a Century Resurfaces." Mm-hmm. Here we go. A miniature book made by the 13-year-old Charlotte Bronte is going on sale next month for $1.25 million. I just got chills when you said that. I That's crazy. There's so many cool things going on here. So Elizabeth Gaskell, who wrote North and South, Mary Barton, a very established author of her own right, was friends with Charlotte Bronte and wrote the definitive biography about oh, Charlotte okay. Bronte. So she like explained all about Charlotte's life and, and everything there. And in her writings, she explained these little mini books that Charlotte had made as a kid. So we know about their existence. Mm. Um, but. This book, it says here, A Book of Rhymes is the name of it, is a 15-page volume, smaller than a playing card. So she made these tiny little zines. It was last seen at auction in 1916 in New York, where it sold for $520 (laughs) before disappearing. Oh, my God. So we know about these books, but we don't know about the poems in the books because they weren't written down, I guess. And it was lost. Somebody bought it at an auction over 100 years ago Mm -hmm. and then, like, obviously had it in a personal collection and lost it. Now it's resurfaced. And the photos on this New York Times article are so interesting and beautiful, like, looking at the little sewing there's like little stitches that she did to sew the book together because there was no staples (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable um and then also um just like a photo of the title page of it because she wrote a fancy little page of like pretending that it's a real book i love this little quote that it says um it says The following are attempts at rhyming of an inferior nature. It must be acknowledged, but they are nevertheless my best. That's so cute. (laughs) It's a 13-year-old Charlotte Bronte. And now it's going to sell for a quadrillion dollars. (laughs) So I love this story. I read this article. I really enjoyed the article. I thought it was so fun. And so people should definitely look that up. Um, but it's just such an exciting moment of like history. Um, it's exciting for a lot of different reasons. It brings up a very interesting debate about whether books like this should be sold privately or if they should be kept in museums and stuff yeah. so that everyone can have access to them. <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay. Next up, I'll, I'll just go to this one. This was something that you actually messaged me about. And it's the fact that the trailer for a new move or a new show mm-hmm. called Under the Banner of Heaven has come out. And this just felt like insane timing. Yeah. Because Raylene has just finished reading two books by John uh John Krakauer. Mm-hmm. That's right, right? Yeah. And you liked both of them. Yeah. You haven't read this one though, right? No, but it was like next up on my list kind of because it sounds yeah. really interesting. And the audiobook actually came in for me at the library, but I'm too busy listening to other audiobooks right now that I, <laughs> I can't. But I'm I'm very excited that it I didn't even realize it was being adapted. And it's got Andrew Garfield no. in it as the lead. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer? Uh no, I didn't watch the trailer. I was busy reading when it when the announcement came out and then I forgot to uh 
to watch it. It looks really well done. It looks very fancy and very good. Do you know what I mean? Like, it looks like it's going to be really wonderful. And like you said, it's starring Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield is just having a moment, Mm -hmm. isn't he? Like, he's, like, resurfaced. That man is back. I love that. And we're all the better for it. Um, So that just looks really exciting and interesting. It also stars the girl, the woman who starred in normal people yeah she's really blowing up now too and now is in where the crawdad sings adaptation and so she's just like queen of book to movie adaptation she is yeah (laughs) that's really interesting um what's her name daisy 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 something something. (laughs) yeah gotcha we nailed that one totally um okay this is news you messaged me about a while ago oh can of the reeds (gasps) announced so Canada Reads is one of the big biggest Canadian literary prizes. And this year it went to the the winner was the book Five Little Indians by Michelle Good, which yep. is a book you loved. Loved it. Yeah, that was one of my favorites that I read last year. So I was very happy to see that it won. Yeah, that's really cool. So I don't have much else to say about it except that it won yep. and Raylene loves it. So you should check, check it out. It out. <laughs> um, all right. And then the other two pieces of news that I have are lengthy, but I will try my best to keep it zippy. Okay. We've got two big long lists. We've got the women's prize. <gasps> okay. The women's prize long list. I'm a little kind of annoyed because they're announcing the short list. In like two days. Oh. But so everyone keep keep your ear to the ground for that one. But here are the books that were nominated for the long list. We'll see if we know any of them really. Okay. Build Your House Around My Body by Violet Coopersmith. I've heard of that. Careless by Kirsty Capes. Mm. Creatures of Passage by Marowa Yejide. Flamingo by Rachel Elliott. Mm. Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, me too. Um, Remote Sympathy by Catherine Shidgay. Salt Lick by Lulu Allison. Sorrow and Bliss. I feel like I'm at the Oscars by <laughs> Meg Mason. The Book of Form and Emptiness by Ruth Ozeki. I definitely have heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, I know Ruth Ozeki. the author. The Bread the Devil Ned. Needed? Need. <laughs> Ned? I guess it's Ned by Lisa <laughs> Allen Agostini. The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn. The Final Review of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. Oh, yeah. The Missing of Miss... Nope. The Island of Missing Trees by Ulif Shafak. I've definitely heard of her. Um, the Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley-Heller. The Sentence by Louise Erdrich. And <laughs> This One Sky Day by Leon Ross. So that really is a long list. Huge um, list. I don't... I basically don't recognize any of those Yeah, titles. I know. I, like, recognize, like, maybe five or six of the authors, but I don't really yes. know about their newest books so much because I don't Isn't keep that up with so that. interesting? Yeah. I don't, we kind of tracked the long list last year a little bit, or the, the Women's Prize a little bit last year, and this year I'm looking at these titles and I'm like, no idea what's going right? on. Like, and that's fine. Like, that's not good or bad. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm sure they're great like, books. Just because we don't know about them doesn't mean anything. <laughs> anything. Exactly. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know any of these. I'm, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. And then the 2022 International <gasps> Booker Prize. Oh, my God. The long list has been announced. 13 books. 
They're works of fiction, it says, translated into English from 11 languages and originate from 12 countries across four continents, wow. including Hindi for the first oh, that's time. that's cool. This is from the Booker Prize website. Um, okay. So last year, you and me ran out and bought one or two of these. What just happened? I just Did you? I kicked the plug for my lamp. Let me just plug it back in. <laughs> It suddenly went dark at Raylene's headquarters. That's so funny. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, just a little bit of darkness between friends. No problem. No problem. <laughs> um, so last year, Raylene, you and me ran out and we got some books from this long. Yes, we did. Remember? Yeah, that was fun. So I want to see if we get tempted by it. I already know I'm tempted by one of them. I remember one specifically off the list. Have you already looked at this whole list? Yes, but I don't remember... Okay, what cool. books are except for one. Here we go. Um, and I'm going to try my very best with the names. Paradise, Paradise by Fernanda Melkor. Heaven by Mieko Kawakami. Right. I, that one too. I forgot about that, that one. one. I own that yeah, already. That one. Love in the Big City by Sang Young Park. Uh, oh, I, sorry. I should be mentioning the translate the translators. The Paradise is translated by Sophie Hughes. Heaven is translated by Samuel Bett, David Boyd, and Love of the Big City is translated by Anton Her. I'm kind of into that one just because I love saying Big. City. I know that made me think um, of you when you said it. <laughs> the Big City, and I love the cover of that one. Um, Happy Stories Mostly by Nor. That's funny by Norman Erickson Pass translated by Tiffany Tsao. Elena Knows by Claudia Pinheiro and translated by Francis Riddle. The book of... I'm so excited what the other one that you're excited about is. Yeah. I'm like waiting it's for coming. it. So it's coming. Yeah. The Book of Mother by Violaine Huisman translated by Leslie Kemi. More Than I Love My Life by David Grossman translated by Jessica Cohen. Again, I still... I really feel like I'm at the Oscars. Uh, Phenotypes by Paulo Scott, translated by Daniel Hahn. A new name, Septology 6 to the 7th. Wow, that sounds complicated. <laughs> John... And that was in Roman, uh, Roman numerals. Oh, wow. uh, John Foss, translated by Damien Searles. After the Sun... Cool cover on that one. Looks kind of like the employee's cover. Uh, Joan, by Jonas Aka, translated by Sherilyn Helberg. Tomb of Sand. Wow, we're really getting to the end here, Raylene. Which one's the book you're talking about? <laughs> Tomb of Sand by Jitanjali Shri, translated by Daisy Rockwell. The Books of Jacob by Olga Tokar Kazuk, translated by Jennifer Croft. Oh, yeah, Olga Tokarjak. She's the one who wrote um, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead, that book Ooh, I have. That's really such cool. Such a good title. And finally, I guess it's this one, Cursed Bunny by Bora Chung, translated by Anton Herr. I want that book. <laughs> Whoa, so he translated two of these. Oh, really? Which other one did he translate? Anton Herr translated Cursed Bunny and Love in the Big City. Very interesting. <laughs> well, I guess I know which books we're buying. <laughs> oh, that's so fun interesting yeah okay so how do you know about cursed bunny i think i saw it like on instagram maybe somebody reviewed mm. it or something and now that we're talking about it like i do not remember what it's about but i was so attracted to the sound of the book and also the cover is very like oh kind of creepy yeah it's and spooky. it's spooky and it's very cool so that's like that's all i've got but i i really am it interested says, in that book 
for Cursed Bunny, it says, Bora Chung presents a genre-defying collection of short stories yes. which blur the lines between magical realism, horror, and science fiction. Doesn't that just so that sound like really me? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it says, Ad address the very real horrors and cruelties of patriarchy and capitalism in modern society. Nice. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so the author, Bora Chung, was born in Seoul. Wow, Very that's good. really cool. Very okay, good. so then let's look at my one, Love in the Big City. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Big City. <laughs> um, an energetic, joyful, and moving novel that depicts both the glittering nighttime world of Seoul and the bleary-eyed morning after. Oh, oh that sounds I good. Love it. Young is a cynical yet fun-loving Korean student who pinballs from home to class to the beds of recent Tinder matches. Um, he and Jay He, his female best friend and roommate, frequent nearby bars where they suppress their anxieties about their love lives, families, and money with rounds of soju and freezer-chilled Marlboro Reds. Ugh! It sounds That sounds incredible. like my kind of book. All right. I adding that to my it. list as well. Yeah, that sounds really <laughs> I just really want good. it all. And, and I love this cover. It's very cool. Well, actually, there's a few different cool. covers, so I don't know which one you're looking at. I'm just looking on Goodreads. There are many. Oh, I'm looking at one that's like um, a pack of cigarettes. Oh, the one I'm looking at is like so... kind of like turquoise and pink with a hand and the what font is yellow. It's kind of crazy. Oh, I'm looking at that one. I don't like that one. No, I don't like it as much. That's why I was surprised. Which one were you, you looking at? see the other at? one? Uh, cigarettes. Let me see. Oh, that's so awesome. I really like that that's one. That's so stunning. Okay, I got to make sure I get that one. Damn it. <laughs> but it's not the one that Canada has. Exactly. I like that it has the translator right on the cover, too. I know sometimes they don't do that. And I'm like, come on. You know what's funny, too? I uh, I got some gift cards, some Indigo mm. gift cards for Christmas. Still haven't used them. That's impressive. Maybe this is Maybe this is my moment. Yeah, hopefully Indigo has some of these books. I know sometimes they can be hard to find. Yeah, they're all, always a little tricky. It's probably going to have the wrong edition. It has the wrong uh -huh, edition. Classic. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Wait, I'm about to go over there. I'm going to Europe. <laughs> I'm going to Europe. <laughs> Will they have it? Does, does the UK or France have this edition? Oh, man. That's, that's amazing. Hilarious. I'm going to Europe. I was like, I'm going to have to pay for really expensive shipping. Yeah. No. <laughs> amazing. No. Well, Cursed Bunny is not available from Indigo either. So if you happen to see it. Okay. Hit me up. I will be on the lookout. <laughs> I will be on the lookout. Right. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Really? And they have it. I'm looking at the Foils website as we speak. Okay. Holy we'll shit. move on. We will move on. <laughs> I'm just so, so pumped. That was fun news, right? A lot of prizes. I guess it's a springtime thing, but there's a lot of prizes doing stuff. I guess so. I kind of forgot about prizes. I haven't been thinking about it this yeah. year. <laughs> I know. Same. It's kind of fallen off of our... We've got so much else going on. It's true. Well, let's now move into recommendations. Yeah. So we've got some fun ones here. <laughs> kind of um, weird and I, random. Yeah. We went with some really strange, funny ones. Um, so Raylene, would you like to read out yes. our first recommendation request? Yes. So this first one comes from uh, Bavik, who says, there's a big contentious argument about if there are more wheels or doors in the world. So I was wondering <laughs> if you could recommend some books with an emphasis in plot or on the cover on one or the other. First of all, I didn't really know about this before. We I know. It's so funny because so every week Raylene and I have a little session where we talk about uh, what recommendation requests we want to do next. Mm -hmm. 
And Raylene was like, ha ha, look at this one. And I was like, have you not heard this debate? And she was like, no. And I was like, this is a real debate right now. Like people are really talking. I know Hank Green even made a, like a TikTok or something oh my goodness. about it. Um, the people are talking. They want to know. Anyways, wheels or doors? Well, I mean, what I did, I kind of picked a couple of books for each one because I just looked at my okay. shelves and was like, let's see which one I have more of. And all in all, Doors won just because of a specific series that I have. But I'll start with those then, I guess. So I have the, um, the whatever the series is called by um, Sean and McGuire. The first book is Every Heart a Doorway. Yes, classic. And then we've got Down Am- Among the Sticks and Bones, another another doorway there. And then Beneath the Sugar Sky, another doorway. And I don't own the whole series, <laughs> but they all have doors of some kind on them. Yeah. And then another one I found was A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls. This one, oh, he's standing yeah. in a doorway and there's a door right there. So I was like, okay, Love it. Love that's it. a bunch of doors. So... I mean, of, of all the books I'm talking about here, the only ones I've read are the Sean and Maguire ones. So I guess automatically mm-hmm. I pick doors, but I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know what the criteria is. Um, That's so funny. I mean, so I'm looking at this little article from NBC News. Yeah. The, the title is very condescending. The internet is arguing over whether there are more doors or wheels in the world. But they have a funny quote they say from um, a TikTok video mm-hmm. tiktok user scarlet may 04 and it's a quote from her that says but now i'm thinking there are more doors than wheels because cars usually have four wheels and four doors so they cancel each other out oh, that's true and then there's skyscrapers with thousands of doors but they also have like millions of office chairs with a bunch <laughs> of wheels on them god so now i'm really struggling and this is what's so fun about this dumb debate. Like, literally, I had this debate. I was part of this debate with seven people. And every person would then be like, but what about, but what about, right? So you're like, but what about 18 wheelers? Yeah. Like, and they like, only have there's two wheels on my vacuum. Like, there's, I haven't, right? I haven't thought about this at all. But now I'm going to start thinking about it everywhere I look. Like, I've got closet doors. I've got doors to each room. I've got doors to each apartment in my apartment building. There's a door to the elevator. There's a door to the front door, the door to the back. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I can see how this could get out of hand really quick. Like, you definitely yep. see that. But then on the side of Team Wheels, like, it's sort of, like, how do you define wheel? <laughs> Is it anything that rotates? Could it be, like, a wheel, uh, like, the Wheel of Fortune? Is that, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But like, every wheel, everything that you spin. Um, it says... <laughs> Many defending wheels have also noted that for every building with doors, there are countless wheels being used, like office chairs or shopping carts. Uh, Somebody said, what about the wheels-shaped pasta? Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) This is hilarious. Over here it says, UPS weighed in by counting the total number of wheels and doors on its fleet of more than 120,000 vehicles. The verdict, 768,000 wheels and 510,000 doors. So they have wow. more wheels than doors in their fleet. Yeah. Wow. That's so I would like, like to say so that it's just perfectly order- equal. There's the I would same that. amount I would, of both. I think it might be a 50-50 situation. Uh, there's, this article literally has the Hank Green video. <laughs> and Hank Green's big kind of side of the argument was like the amount of um, toys that are cars, like toy That's cars, true. that don't have doors that can open because they're fake doors. Oh, you would never do that. But they have all of the wheels. That is a good point, Hank. <laughs> 
Very good point. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I feel like this really is the type funny. of thing that like will just constantly be evolving and getting bigger and bigger as people yeah, um, exactly. deconstruct it more. Well, I chose two books that have wheels on the cover. And one of them, I think the wheels actually have to do with the story. So I don't know. I'm just gonna, Okay. I mean, and this technically, you can't see the wheels on this particular cover, but I bet you can on different editions. And that's Christine by Stephen King. Love it. This is Incredible. literally about a car. So I'm sure that there's an edition that has wheels. My wheels are covered in fire, so you can't see them. But um, yeah, that one, it's all about a car. So I feel like if you're looking for a book about wheels... That one will probably oh, yeah. be one of the closest you can get. And another one that just happens to have a car on the cover is my edition of My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. Oh, There's yeah, two little right. girls like hiding behind a car and you can see so one wheel. So of the covers I've picked, there's a lot more doors than there are wheels. There's only actually one visible wheel out of all of them. So I think if I had to choose based on books, I think there are probably more books with doors as a central plot point and or on the cover mm -hmm. than wheels. Mm -hmm. So I think in the book world, uh, doors definitely win. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love I love it. I love it so much. I <laughs> went with um, The Hobbit for doors. Door. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, what is an iconic door? And instantly the Hobbit came into my mind, That's right? Like in Lord of the Rings, um, the Hobbit door is where it all starts and ends. That's true. You know, and, and in the movie, that's like where it starts and ends. So I feel like that is such an iconic doorway that um, is so beautiful and, and cute and special. For wheels, I went with Amy and Roger's epic detour Ooh. because it's about a road trip. Mm -hmm. But looking at the cover, there actually isn't a car on the cover. That's true. But it's a central plot so point. Central, so that I think But it's that's a central okay. plot point. Um, but I think that you're right. I think that there are more important literary doors yeah, like than Narnia? there are literary cars or wheels. or. Because I was also trying to think, like, is there a book I know about bite? biking like a really pop famous biking no, no. motorcycle no zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance maybe yeah <laughs> but it, it also if you think to like some really big series like think harry potter there's like not a single mm. wheel like there's like a couple of carts that's true that like are well to pull what about the uh the car the flying car yeah well that's what i'm saying there's a flying car there's like the carts that the thestrals pull students along in and then that's it and then and there's like it. thousands of doors in Hogwarts yeah, and stuff. True. And like Lord of the Rings, like the same thing. There's like maybe a couple of little carts or in the Hobbit, but then there's like, right. not, there's not cars. So there's like tons that's, of, you know, that's really interesting. I think it depends on the part genre. of this. Yeah. Part of this debate is sort of at what point in history. Yeah. Because if we go back like 300 years, no wheels. Yeah. Before wheels, wheels were wheel even invented, counts. they were still doors. Right. There was a lot of doors, very few wheels. <laughs> And I think that More that horses. will continue. The real question is doors or horses? Yeah. <laughs> and one day everything will be a hover car. So there will be no wheels again. Wow. You're right. We just happen to maybe be in the wheel era yep. right now. That's hilarious. <laughs> but wheels oh, are not man, forever. That's so funny. <laughs> um, wow. Well, I'm really glad that as a podcast, we were able to chime in on this important debate. Yeah. I, mean, I had and never started thinking let's... about it until this very day. So it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Let's hop into the other recommendation, yes. um, if you can read that one for us. Right yeah, now. here's another fun one. This one is from KJ, and this was actually submitted a long time ago, and we've just never had the moment <laughs> to do it, but here Until we go. Now. I, it's time. 
She says, Hi friends, I would love to hear your recommendations based off of Ariel's shelves and whatever Raylene's favorite piece of furniture is. So we decided to kind of switch it up a little bit because Ariel has a different piece of furniture that is my more her favorite than the bookshelves. Yeah, I love my shelves, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but I don't really think of them as furniture because yeah. they're like affixed to my walls. So um, yeah, this was really fun. And how about you start it off, really? Sure. So I mean, my yeah. favorite piece of furniture is a piece of furniture I have gotten quite recently within the last couple of mm. months. And it is my chair that I'm sitting on right now. It is a uh, Secret Lab... 2022 titan chair and it is i don't it has a very dramatic name and it's like a mint green which is one like my favorite color and it's just basically like the most like state-of-the-art gaming chair like the arms can move in all sorts of different directions and it's got like lumbar support that's adjustable and Amazing. like i can lay it back all the way and like lie down in it basically oh, if wow. i want to and it's just like very very comfortable um and so i really love it it was also expensive so like it's a very treasured piece of furniture to me yeah, I spent yeah. more on this chair than I did on my set of couches that I have. Um, to be fair, those were used. But yeah, it was just like, I need this very fancy chair. Because I, I was sitting on an ottoman for the first few few months yeah, of living in this apartment. And that was not okay. So this chair means a lot to me. It makes my desk area look very cute now. Like, it, it has yes. added a lot of cuteness to it. So for that, like, I was trying to figure out how do you recommend a book to a piece of furniture? So I had to, like get some kind of characteristics of the chair and I you were gonna say so i had to get on its level uh. <laughs> pretty much pretty much so the the adjectives that i decided to attribute to this chair are high tech cute okay fancy yep. and oh. um durable i guess is another word but i didn't really use that so much in my my recommendations so i decided to recommend to my chair uglies by scott westerfeld because hilarious. that, I know, as soon as I, like, looked at my books, I was like, wait a minute, this is hilarious. Because my chair is, like, very beautiful. Like, I think it's, like, just a very crisp, beautiful chair. And that's, what, like, what Uglies is all about is just, like, being beautiful, all, like, looking the same. And it's funny because Kyle also has one of these chairs just in a different color. So, like, we have these, like, two identical chairs. And, but Uglies is also very futuristic, and like very yeah, high sure. tech like they've got hoverboards that they fly around on people have chips that they kind of put i think it's just like into their head or whatever but they can like see like a social media news feed and stuff like they can see all this stuff and it's like all just like within them they can like change their eye colors and stuff so i thought that like that high tech futuristic aspect is what i think of when i see this chair because this chair like i don't know it looks like it could be in an airplane or something it's just like mm. very fancy and like sturdy so yeah. that's why i decided to recommend recommend to my chair i love it i think that's hilarious i love your chair because it's it makes you so happy and comfortable mm -hmm. um so the when i was thinking about your chair i was like hmm that's that's a tricky one that's an interesting <laughs> one um it for a big deal of that chair for me is the color yeah like it's a very unique color of chair it's a very raylene color of chair mm -hmm. that teal and then the other factor is it is a gaming chair yeah right like even though it's also a very good office chair it is for like technically for the mar like gaming totally. market and so i was so excited when my brain kind of like the two pieces slotted uh -huh. together and i thought of in real <gasps> life by Corey. Yes. Doctoro. 
So this is a graphic novel and I feel like the color on the front and even the pink mm -hmm. like is the same concept of like Absolutely. pastel colors. The back is exactly the same as mm -hmm. your chair. Um, so the color scheme of this book really goes with your chair. It does, yeah. But then also literally on the front of the cover is um, the main character who on one half is sitting at her computer. And then on the other half, you see her avatar that she plays um, as in this game that she plays. Yeah. And I was like, it's perfect. That's just it's like me. It's literally perfect. <laughs> it's literally Raylene. So this is a story, and I've talked about this a lot because um, I really like this graphic novel. And now I'm like, is it time to reread this? I think, I so. think it might be actually. This is a graphic novel about a girl who loves gaming, but um, kind of is using gaming a little bit in an unhealthy way because she's using it to escape her real life because she doesn't really like herself. Mm -hmm. And in this game, she's able to be very much the kind of ideal version of herself. And um, it becomes this really great story about, you know, the difference between real life and video game life and self-confidence and, and how to help people and how to have compassion. It's a really great book. It is. It's a really beautiful little graphic novel. Um, and I really liked it. And it really does remind me of your chair. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's so funny. Give it to my chair. Um, okay. So for me, I picked this little vintage couch that I have in my office. Mm -hmm. So when I was, you know, designing this office and thinking about how I wanted to set it up. I knew I wanted to have a big desk because it's an office. Mm -hmm. so the main purpose is to sit at this desk. I have this giant desk. I knew I was going to have my teal chair, the like armchair yeah. in here. But I also wanted to have like a little couch or a little lounge chair or something mm -hmm. so that I can just lay around and hypothetically read i have read in that chair a couple of times most of the time i'm not gonna lie to you it's just covered in jackets and backpacks <laughs> um but i found this online for a really good deal because there was a bed and breakfast that was closing oh and it was this really fancy bed and breakfast um that was like 200 years old and clearly they'd like the people that owned it had taken such beautiful care of this place but anyways they were selling all their furniture because this couple, they were so cool. They were older. They were like in their 60s, late 60s. Mm -hmm. They were selling the bed and breakfast, buying an RV. And they were like, screw this. We're going to travel the country. <laughs> I love that. I was like, oh, you guys are amazing. So I bought this from them. I remember the the drive we did out to go and get it. And then me and Connor trying to shove it into the car <laughs> and then bringing it home and just staring at it. And I'm not going to lie to you, Raylian. I have thought about getting a tattoo of a drawing of this couch That's because cute. I just think that it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a gorgeous little piece of furniture. It feels very special to me. Yeah. So I guess I'll start since it's my furniture. Mm -hmm. Um, I chose weirdly enough, I chose a room of one's own oh. by Virginia Woolf. I say why I say that it's a little weird of a pick for me. Cause I haven't really read this book and I did start it and I kind of got bored of it. <laughs> That's fine. I feel the same way about Virginia Woolf. <laughs> but the couch definitely has kind of old, romantic, mm -hmm. vintage vibes, yeah. right? And by the way, you're you're listening to this podcast. You can't see the furniture we're talking about. We'll try and include a photo yeah, of each piece should. Uh, for the Instagram. So probably it'll be a picture of the book we're recommending. And then the second photo in a gallery will be the photo of the of the item. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so 
This piece is to me, like I said, very vintage, old, charming, wood, warm tones. It makes me think of an old library. And there's a whole scene and section of A Room of One's Own when she's like in an old library. I think of Virginia Woolf and her printing press. And I'm just like those little studious vibes. So I love all of that, those elements of it. But the other element is I was like thinking of some quotes from the book. So there's there's two I wanted to mention. One is... I would venture to guess that Anon, who wrote so many poems without signing them, was often a woman. I love that quote. And I'm just imagining, like, the original woman, women who sat at this couch and, like, thought about poetry but weren't able to write it under their own name. And this other, the kind of more, the most iconic quote, maybe, so long as you write what you wish to write. Oh, this is not the quote I thought <laughs> I had written down, but that's fine. It's another great, great quote. So long as you write what you wish to write, that is all that matters. And whether it matters for ages or only for hours, nobody can say. I love these these quotes from Virginia Woolf. And obviously the main idea of the book is... A woman needs a room of her own. And that's how I feel about my office. Yeah. Like for me, I'm like, oh, I finally made this space that is my own place to have my own things and sit and think and write and read and edit video. Um, so I thought this was a fitting book. Yeah. I like what that. What did you pick? So once again, I attributed adjectives to your couch and then picked a book based off of that. Love it. So the Perfect. first one is Regal. Because that couch looks like something that, like, a queen would sit on. Um, yes, it does. And then my other words are fancy and unique. Because what I like about it is well, that it's kind of, like, pink. Like it's, Yes, it is a little it's pink. It's pink. Yeah. It's a funky yeah. color. And um, it's just, like, a unique little couch. And I've never seen anything like it in anybody else's home. So I feel like that's just very cool. So the book I decided to pick was, I mean, kind I went based off of the regal thing at first. I was like, I need to find a book with someone who's, like... Uh, part of the royal family and so yeah, i ended up picking so the prince and the jet dressmaker because oh, i totally agree right i, totally I feel like agree. it fits for a lot of reasons because that that book has a total pink vibe also the main like the, there's a couple of main characters but one of them is a prince and um he loves wearing dresses so i love like that's the like unique aspect and i just feel like the aesthetic of the couch really fits with that book and i could totally picture those characters like sitting on yeah, that couch surrounded so right. by fabric and dresses and stuff yes. i could just picture it perfectly and that book makes me think of you too so it all kind of connected i like that we both picked a graphic novel for each other I just yeah that's that. really funny actually that's very cute um, and both graphic novels illustrated by jen wang hell yeah they so. are <laughs> our beautiful furniture has just got jen wang vibes that's so funny yeah. gosh this was a, a big packed episode um but now we've made it to the end. We have. So thank you so much to everyone for listening and hanging out with us. If you enjoy the podcast and want to support the pod, you could share it. You could share it with a pal, mm -hmm. maybe a, uh, a fellow furniture lover, <laughs> maybe someone who's lactose intolerant. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring it back around to that. <laughs> Uh, you could check out our Patreon or you could check out our merch, both of which are linked at our website, booksunboundpodcast.com. So now we're going to go record our Patreon mini podcast, Books Unbucket, which comes out in tandem with our main episodes on our Patreon. This question comes from Jets and it says, imagine you decide to go on an adventure to walk the PCT like Cheryl Strait. Oh man. Alone or together? What books would you bring or send ahead? What song would be stuck in your head? Do you see yourself actually ever doing the hike? So basically, you and I have talked a lot about Wild Railing. So mm -hmm. now we're going to kind of, would we do it? Dive in a little deeper. That is okay. the question. 
with love from the Netherlands, says Jet. So we're going to go do that. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.